Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Jesus says, anyone who's thirsty, come to me. Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Do you want more of him in your life? I believe Jesus is calling us to come to him today. Jesus says, come to me. I got life. I got living water. I got everything you need. And I pray that we would be a church and a people that are really genuinely, authentically, passionately hunger, hungering for more of God. You want more of him? Here's what I've learned is that God shows up where he's wanted. God shows up where he's wanted. Do we want him here? Do we want him in our life? Do we want him in our church? He shows up where he's wanted. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? I'm going to share a few things, and then, then we'll pray. But I think a lot of us would say this. We want to see a mighty move of God. We want to experience revival or awakening or renewal. We long for that. We want to see that in our church, in our day, in our country. Holy Spirit, come. But really, we need to understand it starts with us. You and I, individually, just having a hunger for God, having a thirst for him and responding to his call to us to come to him. That's where it starts. And so I want to encourage you with this one thing. Very simple message for us today, just like last week. Last week was very simple. And uh, man, our, our Easter gatherings were super fun. What a great day it was. And uh, I'm just super excited about today and what God has for us today as well. But here's, here's what I want to encourage all of us to do. No matter where we're at in this faith, spiritual journey, and where we're at with Jesus, I would encourage all of us to do this. Put Jesus first in your life and seek him with all of your heart. That's the simple message for us today. Put Jesus first in your life and seek him with all of your heart. Amen. Come on, you want to be successful in life? Let me encourage you with these words. Put Jesus first in your life and seek him with all of your heart. And you, I promise you, you will be successful. It might look a little different than what you think success is, but you will be successful, I promise you. Put Jesus first in your life and seek him with all of your heart. When you wanna be a better parent, you wanna have a stronger, healthier, growing marriage, let me encourage you to put Jesus first in your life and seek him with all of your heart. Maybe you feel discouraged. Maybe you feel lonely. Maybe you feel just tired. Let me encourage you to put Jesus first in your life and seek him with all of your heart. Maybe you feel like you're struggling right now. You're just overwhelmed with life and everything that's going on. And 
Life just seems to be kicking you in the rear more and more, and you just maybe you're struggling with just different issues in your life. Let me encourage you, seek, put Jesus first in your life and seek him with all of your heart. I want to encourage that for all of us. Maybe you just want more of him. You just want more of God in your life. Come on, let's put Jesus first in our life and seek him with all of our heart. That's a simple message. What would our life look like if that's how we really lived every day, all throughout our day, this week, if I really did put him first in my life and seek him with all of my heart? Some of us might say, I'm so busy, Tyrone, it's so hard. Maybe you need to say no to some things so that you can put Jesus first in your life and seek him with all of your heart. And there's some things that we're saying yes to and it's caused us to say no to what Jesus has for us. Come on, he's got great things for you. He's got better things for you than you have for you, if you just trust him for it. If I were to simplify that, here's what I'd say. Pray and obey. Just do that. It's a good motto in life right there. Okay, pray and then obey. Pretty simple. Pray talk to God, uh, hear from him, listen, receive from him, let, let him speak to you even through his word. And then whatever that is that he's speaking to you, that he's showing you, that he's revealing to you, obey. Pray and obey. And if you and I just grow and walk in obedience to the Lord, you're going to see him move more and more in your life, I promise you. The more you and I walk in obedience, the more you and I are going to want more of him in our life. We're going to want to be closer to him. There's something about walking in obedience to the Lord that just draws us closer and closer to who he is and to his heart for us in our life. I would encourage you to pray and obey. In fact, let's pray right now. Would you join me? Lord, thank you for everybody that's here today. Lord, I believe there's some divine appointments today. Lord, even those that are joining us online, divine moments are going to happen today. And we're gathering here again on just another Sunday. But Lord, my prayer is that this would not be just another gathering, just another service. God, I pray that you would show up in a real way. God, we don't want to go through the motions. We want to encounter you, the living God. I pray that your word uh, would ignite faith in us today, greater faith than ever before. Holy Spirit, move, soften our hearts. Soften our hearts, God, as life has made our hearts hard. Tear down those walls that we put up, Lord. Break chains, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to respond to you and to your call to come to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You know, I'll never forget the day that I had an encounter with the supernatural power of God like I'd never experienced before in my life. So I had had an encounter with Jesus in a time in my life where I really didn't want anything to do with him. I didn't want to believe in God, didn't want to do, have anything to do with church. And I found myself in a place like this and I could just sense the presence of God. Like he was real. And I realized, okay, God, I need you in my life. You're real. I'm not running from you anymore. And I surrendered my life to Jesus. And that was the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. Like I found a great wife. She's incredible. She's a blessing to me. And marrying her was a really good decision. But the best decision I ever made in my life was saying yes to Jesus. And then a year after that, 
I found myself in a similar place. I was uh, in, a, in a moment like this, a, a gathering. It was a bunch of young people. I remember going to the front. I don't remember what the guy talked about. I just remember having this longing for more of God in my life, and a bunch of my friends responded, and we were down there, we were just praying, and we were seeking God, and the power of God fell in that place, the Holy Spirit fell in that place before I even realized what happened. I was speaking out in tongues, like the Bible talks about, speaking out in tongues, and I'm looking around, my, all my buddies, they're speaking in tongues, and it was like nothing I'd ever experienced ever in my life, and I thought to myself, God, you are more powerful than I ever realized. You are more real than I ever realized. This, it was incredible. And that moment marked me. It changed me so much so that I had this hunger for more of God like I had never had before. That's why I really believe in what the Bible talks about, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So our friend Bonnie just shared with us just earlier this morning, she walked in right at the end of our prayer time, our pre-service prayer time, and she says, hey guys, I just gotta share this with you. Two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, Pastor John Mark preached, and God was here moving in a great way, and she was baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time in her life following Jesus for a few years, you know, for a couple decades, a few decades at least. She's been following Jesus, and she was baptized in the Holy Spirit a couple Sundays ago, and she's like, guys, I got boldness, I got courage like never before. And you could just see it and feel it all over her, and, and that's what happened for me, is the Spirit gave me this boldness and this hunger. I wanted more of Him in my life. And so this hunger, this thirst for Jesus was ignited in me when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it is hard to explain until it happens. And you realize, oh, the Bible talks about this. That's pretty amazing. And I pray that if you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you would experience that gift that Jesus wants to give you called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is a baptism, not of water. We do water baptism, but it is a baptism of fire. That's what it is. It's fire. That's what it's called. Baptism of, of fire. You know how, it's, how life goes, though? You know, life's full of ups and downs, right? It's full of mountains and valleys and, you know, highs and lows. That's, that's life. And it's, it's interesting how life can just squeeze passion out of you, how hardship and just things you go through can kind of kill that love and that passion that you have, that hunger you have for Jesus. And I've experienced that, like many of us have experienced that. And, you know, this last couple of years has been a, really a, an interesting time for all of us, right? Very challenging, uh, time full of loss for many of us, uh, lots of hardships, pain, heartache, just craziness going on. And I've felt it, you felt it, but I just have sensed the Spirit of God just calling me closer to him, deeper in him. It's been a time where I'm saying, okay, God, there's no better time for you to move. Yeah. <laughs> God, like now's a good time for you to move in our country. We want revival. And now, like, if you're not gonna come back, like, I want you to come back now, Jesus. But if you're not gonna come back, next best thing, send revival. Because yeah. I wanna be part of both of those things. I'd love to see revival and just begin to pray, God, more. I want more of you. I want to see more of you in my life, in my family, in my home, and more of you in our church, in, in, in the people that I'm connected with. I just want to see God move in a greater, more powerful way. So this has been this, through all of this that I've been walking through, that we've been walking through, I've just had this, this stirring within me. God, I want more. I want to experience more, more that you have for me. And I'm convinced that what we need more of is Jesus in life. <laughs> we don't need more money. We need more Jesus. We don't need more stuff. We need more Jesus. 
We don't need more time as much as we'd like that, right? We need more of Jesus. We don't even need more health, dare I say that. We need more Jesus because he's what we really need more of in our life. And I think that these are times, especially in our, in our day, in our country, well, we need more Jesus. No? Wouldn't you agree? A few years ago, I was watching this documentary called 1968. CNN put out this documentary called 1968. Have you seen this? Anybody watch this? Uh, nobody. I, I highly recommend watching this. It's a fascinating piece of history for those of you that love history. And it walks you, it's, it's a four episode documentary. It walks you through spring, summer, fall, winter. How it ends is really cool. I won't talk about that, but it's crazy to, to, to just watch all the things that took place in 1968. And 2020, it's pretty safe to say that 2020 changed the world. But 1968 changed the United States more than 2020 changed the United States. I promise you. With all the stuff that happened in 1968, I mean, you've got the, it's like the peak of the civil rights movement. You got protests, you got marches. There's, it's just very polarized. The country's struggling with this civil rights thing. And then in the spring of 68, Martin Luther King Jr. gets shot and assassinated. And then you've got all this political stuff going on. There's political polarization, just like we're feeling and experiencing now. And Robert Kennedy gets assassinated in the summer of 68. In the midst of all of that, you've got the Vietnam War going on and all the protests. People are burning buildings and doing all this crazy stuff. 1968 was the deadliest year of the Vietnam War for us. We lost more people in 68. And so you got all this craziness going on. I remember watching this and I'm thinking, I thought 2020 was bad. <laughs> Whoa, you know, there's this Columbia University protest. If you don't know about it, it talks about it. You're like, what on earth? What? What? What was going on? And so here's what was going through my mind as I was watching 1968 is, you know, in times like these, it's important to know that there's always been times like these. <laughs> That's kind of what went through my mind. Like we would, we would say, man, the country has never been as bad as it is right now. Well, I don't know. We kind of had a civil war once. Where we kind of fought against each other. That's pretty bad, I would say. Like brother was killing brother. That's pretty bad. Like, yeah, times are tough, and they're not good. They're bad, right? But it's not the worst it's ever been. But still, we feel it. There's just pain and chaos and all this. And, and maybe you ask this question like I do, like, God, where are you in the midst of all of this? God, where are you? In the midst of this pain, in the midst of this hurt, and this division, and, and all this chaos. God, where are you? You ever wonder that? And here's what I believe. God is wherever you and I take him. That's where he is. Wherever you, you and I, we take him. As we bring the presence of God everywhere we go, he shows up. That's where God is. And so we can get on our high horse and this needs to change and that needs to change and they need to change and all this kind of stuff and God needs to do this and all that. No, no, no. What I think we need to do is we need to be the presence of God. We need to take God with us everywhere we go and stand up for him, with him, let his spirit fill us and lead us and use us in mighty ways so that people's lives can encounter Jesus and be changed by Jesus. That's what I think needs to take place. God is wherever we take him. You know, what's interesting is in the late 60s, during that incredibly tumultuous time, the spirit of God began to move. 
And it really centered around, for the most part, this fringe group of people that started finding Jesus. And they started telling other people about the love and the power of Jesus. And they'd tell more people and they would get together and they'd read the Bible and they'd talk about it. And Jesus was changing their life and they were founding life and freedom in Jesus. And that fringe group of people was, was who? It was, it was the hippies. All of a sudden, these hippies who are, you know, make love, not war. You know, give peace a chance. They're going after all these experiences and drugs and, and these, all this stuff. And they, they're finding Jesus and they're finding what they were longing for in Jesus. And the Spirit of God begins to move in this group of people. And it didn't just stay with them. It went to the church. It went across the country. It was a mighty, mighty move of God. Really considered the last great awakening in our country. It was the Jesus movement. And it took our country by surprise. In the midst of craziness, the Spirit of God began to move. Maybe you've seen the movie that came out a couple months ago, The Jesus Revolution. Has anybody seen that movie? Okay, I highly recommend that movie. It is really, really, really good. Really good. I've even heard people that are atheists say that was a good movie. I've, I've read those reviews. Like, I don't believe in God, but that was a good movie. Awesome. I, it's, it's so good, guys. I, it's still in the theaters. Two months later, it's still going. It's also available on digital now. You can just watch it at home, too. Uh, but I like, highly recommend it. It documents much of what took place in the Jesus movement. Hundreds of thousands of people came to faith in Jesus. Their life was changed. It was a sovereign, mighty move of God. And in the midst of the Jesus movement, there was quite a few things that happened, but one really cool thing that happened was this thing called the Asbury Revival. Have you heard of this? 1970, the Asbury Revival took fire. And what happened was the dean of the college, he stood up and he, he preached at the chapel. And basically, he didn't really preach. He actually told his story, his testimony. Like Ashley was sharing, like, this is my testimony, this is my story. He basically did that. And, and by the way, as Ashley was speaking, I'm like, I'll just let her preach today. <laughs> Lord, she's got it in her. Um, the dean was given his story, his testimony, and he invited students just to respond to Jesus. And wouldn't you know, one by one, they started responding to Jesus and they started confessing sin. There was a lot of drug use going on on this Christian college. There was immorality going on and they got up, they started confessing, repenting, turning to Jesus. They just kept worshiping and that chapel kept going. It didn't end and it kept going. It went on into the night and it went on through the night to the next day and, and pe more people kept coming. People around the area started hearing about what God was doing in this chapel service that hadn't, hadn't stopped yet. It was still going. And uh, over the next few days, news outlets came and told about it. And people from all over the country were gathering in this chapel service that was supposed to last an hour. It ended up lasting over seven days as people just kept coming and, and the, the power of God was there. People were getting saved and people were getting healed and people were leaving and going to other places across the, the country. And like the fire of God was falling there. And it was just this week long thing called the Asbury Revival. And it's said to have been sparked by a lady named Janine. Janine had a love for Jesus and she could just see that Jesus needed to show up on her campus. And she began to pray for her college. And what she did, she actually went to the registrar's office and she got a list of every student in the entire student body. And she started praying by name over every single person, by name. 
And then she started a pre-service prayer, pre-chapel prayer that would take place 30 minutes before chapel and more people started joining her and coming. And then she started inviting them to evening prayer times. And then they had all night, a couple all night prayer meetings and the, and, the, and the power of God would come and meet them in these all night prayer meetings. And wouldn't you know, a few months later, the spirit was poured out on this chapel service that became the Asbury revival that we still have the effects of today. Here's what I know, guys. God shows up where he's wanted. <laughs> Do we want him? Do we want more of God? Some of us might say, I don't know. I don't want to be in like this never-ending church service. Like that doesn't like, isn't that what heaven's going to be like too? Never-ending church service? No, it's not, by the way. And here's what, because <laughs> some of us think this. I get it because I was there. Like I didn't ever want to go to a one-hour church service, let alone like perpetual church service. But here's what happens. When the glory of God falls, you want nothing else because you realize, you realize what we sang earlier. There's nothing better than you. Now I can see your love is better. Your love is better than anything that I could ever, I don't remember how the rest of it went, but see your experience. Now I can see your love is better. Your love is better. And when God really begins to move, you really want more of him. And when you really begin to experience who he is and his presence falls in such a mighty, powerful way, you don't want to leave because there is nothing better. Amen. That's what really, really happens. So that happened. Uh, it, it was the As Asbury Revival. And wouldn't you know, the 50th anniversary of the Asbury Revival, which was just a few years ago, they invited Janine back. Janine came back to speak. Well, she flew up from Columbia where just the year previously, she had personally led 1,900 people to Jesus. And she spoke at the 50-year anniversary, and she said, guys, the fire's still going. <laughs> it's still going. Amen. I still have a love for Jesus. You know what I believe is that the Spirit of God is awakening us right now. The Spirit of God is moving in this country right now, guys. There are places where God is awakening his people, and they're responding to him and I just want to be a part of it. I want to say yes to him. God shows up where he's wanted. And I desperately want God. Do you? Are you thirsty for him? Are you hungry for him? I believe God wants to release fresh fire, fresh his fresh wind over your life, over your family, over this city. I believe God is wanting to awaken us more and more to who he is, to the reality of his love and his power and what he has for us in this life. Here's what I believe. I believe that he's calling us to, to seek his presence and to take his presence everywhere we go. Because it's not just about like uh, experiencing him here, but it's taking the presence of God everywhere we go. I think this is what he's calling us to. Seek his presence and take his presence everywhere we go. And I think that as this happens, God wants to bring about another Jesus movement that will be different but the same. Different but the same. It'll be the same in that it's going to be just a bunch of radical people who are Jesus freaks, just like they were called back then, just telling people about Jesus. People are finding life and hope and freedom and, and salvation in Jesus. They're getting saved and they're telling other people and it's just... It just spreads because people just tell other people about Jesus. It, it's, it's just simple, just let me tell you about what Jesus has done in my life, and then Jesus changes their life. And so that's what happened with the Jesus movement. 
All these people just fell in love with Jesus, and they're like, I gotta tell everybody about Jesus. And then we get together and have Bible studies, and they would learn what, what God says to them about how, they, how they're called to live, and so they'd read God's word, live it out, and they'd go share some more. And so I think that's what God wants to do in this day and age. So it'll be similar, but it'll look different because we're different. The times are different. The day and age is different. So it'll be similar, but different. But I believe God is on the move again. You can see it. You can see it. You can sense it. Isn't it fascinating? February of this year. A major motion picture comes out to document the Jesus movement. And that same month, another Asbury outpouring takes place. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it like God to say, you ready again? You ready for this again? Because on February 8th, guys, Asbury had another regular chapel service. They sang some songs. They worshiped God. They prayed. The guy that spoke was like the assistant soccer coach slash other stuff he does at the school. And he, he said he was lazy. He didn't really study. He didn't give a good talk. His sermon wasn't good by his own words. He even texted his wife afterwards, and he, he messaged her. He's like, that wasn't very good. You know, it's kind of like this message right now. Not very good, okay? But wouldn't you know, a few students responded to this just ordinary, average chapel service. And they kept worshiping and praying, and a few went to class and then came back to chapel. They were still there, and so more and more people started coming, and some people went around campus and said, God's doing something in the chapel again. And so more students started coming in. Wouldn't you know that chapel didn't end that night? It, didn't, it went all through the night into the next day. Well, thanks to social media these days, man, word travels quickly now. And so maybe you saw it on social media, but within, within the next day, people from all over the region are coming. People from all over the, the country are coming on the third day. So I heard about it on the second day, and I'm like, oh, here we go again. And I'm just watching this. I'm just praying. God's just stirring up just a longing for more of him in my life. And I loved what I watched God do. People are, are flying from all over. I even looked up the price of plane tickets. I thought, I want to take my son to be there just to experience that. Didn't work out, obviously. But people came from Columbia there were some pastors that came from Colombia and sold their car to buy a plane ticket so they could be there in the Asbury revival. What's up, Chris? Did you go to Awaken 2020? Awaken 2020. 2020, did you go to that? I didn't. I should have been at that, man. I had my own Awaken 2020, but yeah. Was it? Was that the beginning for you? Yes, it was really. You know, I love what God's doing in Chris's life, too, and just the hunger he has for the Lord. And there's something special and different about you that God is already using and he wants to do more of. Chris, you ready? You ready for that more? Do you think God can use you? Because I really believe that's the next, this next awakening that is going to take place is just ordinary people like you and me. God wants to use ordinary people. The disciples, do you know how ordinary the original disciples were? They are all the people that the other rabbis didn't pick. Ordinary, like you and me. Hmm. Well, get ready, Chris. Yeah, no, I'm ready, bro. Okay, we're with you. 
We're with you. God, God shows up where he's wanted. You know, that town of Wilmore, Kentucky, where Asbury is, there's a population of 3,600 people there. 3,600 people within the first 12 days, over 100,000 people came to Wilmore. The police didn't know what to do. They're shutting the streets down. There was people everywhere. People were standing in line in the, in the rain just to get into chapel service because they knew God was there. And they just wanted to experience what God was doing in that place. What would cause people to fly across the world to go to one little chapel in a small town called Wilmore, Kentucky? Could it be that God's stirring up just a hunger and a passion all across the globe right now? And he's showing us, he's, I'm here, I'm ready to move. You ready for more? Because he shows up where he's wanted. And I think it's important for us to differentiate between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. So we understand that God is omnipresent. And that's a theological term for God is everywhere. God sees all, he knows all, he hears all because he is everywhere. He's omnipresent. But there are moments where the manifest presence of God falls in a mighty, powerful, real, tangible way. And you're like, God is really here right now. And that's what happens in places like Asbury. That's what I pray for every single time we gather on a Sunday. I pray God lets your manifest presence show up here. So that when people walk into this place, they know this isn't just a club full of nice people who sing cool songs or weird songs, depending upon where you're at with that, right? <laughs> that, that, that something is different here. Like, you can sense the manifest presence of God. And that's what I pray for every single week. Because when God shows up, you know. When God shows up, you want more and more and more of him. And God shows up where he's wanted. Man, my, my prayer is that we would Echo words like this. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O oh God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Man, do you echo those words right now? <laughs> God, I just long for you. God, I know I need water, but I want you more than water. Well, some of you, you're going to start fasting this week again. You're going to give up some food and water. You're going to give up stuff because you just want God more than anything else in your life. You're going to echo the words of this psalmist right here. I long for you, O oh God. I thirst for God, the living God. This is why Jesus said, come to me. Are you thirsty? Come to me. And let's look at that passage again that, that Shay read to us a few moments ago. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And I love this. I remember the first time that this passage jumped out at me. I wrote a paper on it in college because it just struck me. I, I, I think this might be the only time, as, as far as I can recall, 
in, in the four gospels, we read about Jesus' life and ministry and his death and resurrection and all that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels. This might be the only time that Jesus actually stands up in a crowd and just interrupts everything. Something's going on here where in the midst of this crowd and all that's going on, it's the last day of this Feast of Tabernacles. That's what's going on. They're having this little water ceremony that we're looking at water and the significance of water. And Jesus in this moment like is so compelled that he stands up in front of the crowd. And what does it say he does? It says he shouted. As they're looking at water and talking about water, he's like, hey, are you thirsty? Like, are you really thirsty? Come to me. I got water for you. I got living water for you. Jesus is so filled with just passion and love. And it's like this longing for for him to just call people to him, that he interrupts this festival, this gathering at the temple there. Probably thousands of people that have traveled from all over the region. And Jesus stands up and he shouts, I got the water, the, the real water that you're looking for. Come to me. I love that Jesus does that. And here's what he says. He says, I got living water for you. And this living water that he has for us is not just to fill us, but it's like to overflow us. Did you catch that? Because what does he say? He doesn't say, and and, and rivers of living water will flow into you. It says actually out of you. Rivers of living water will come out of you. I love this. Jesus doesn't just have living water and life for you, to give you, to fill you, but to come out of you. And not just living water to come out of you, but what does he say? Rivers of living water. This, by the way, is one of the verses that we get our name, Rivers Church, because I pray that we be Rivers people. I pray that everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit has filled you, has empowered you so much so that he just flows out of you. I pray that rivers of living water come out of your heart, which is the depths of your being. This is what Jesus has for us. It's not just satisfaction for you and me. It's not just fulfillment and life and purpose for you and me where he fills us, but it's like an overflowing that goes out to other people. And not just a little bit, but rivers, rivers. Jesus wants to fill you so much so that that, that rivers of life of living water go out of you and impact other people. He's calling you and I to be rivers people. And what I love that Jesus is doing here is he's also declaring the authority of scripture. Did you, did you catch that? He said, as the scripture declares. So this is why we believe in scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. This is why we believe in the authority of scripture because Jesus himself believed in it. He quoted it. He talked about it. We won't go into depth in the meaning of what he quoted, but just the fact that he recognized the authority of Scripture is so important because this book has to be the authority of our life. We can't just choose to do things that go contrary to this book because then we're ignoring God's plans for us. We're missing out on the great things he has for us by ignoring what he's, who he's called us to be and how he's called us to live. And you and I cannot, in our own strength, just obey this book. You ever try? It's impossible. This is why you need the Spirit of God to be alive and at work in your life, to help you and I just live in obedience and walk in the grace of God as we do this. But this has got to be the ultimate authority in our life. This is where you find your purpose, your calling, your identity. 
all of it right here. You and I can't pick and choose what we're going to live by and what we're going to ignore out of this book. This is the ultimate authority right here, okay? So I can't say, well, it's okay for me to live like this and do this um, because we love each other, but, but we got to go to the, what's the, what does God say? How has he called us to live? This has got to be the ultimate authority in us. And as we trust him and we find life in obeying him, it's amazing how that happens. And so this is why we believe here, we're, one of our values is word and spirit. Yes. We want to be people of the word and people of the spirit. We want both. Yes. It's important to, to make sure that we are in the word, studying the word, living the word, obeying the words, and we're letting the spirit help us and empower us to do that and, and anointing us in all that we do in our life. We want to be people of the word and people of the spirit. We don't want to just go to one extreme or the other which is easy for all of us to do, really. You have a tendency to go to one side or the other based upon your personality and how God has made you. Okay, so that's why we gotta make sure we are both, word and spirit. So, uh, God has told us in his word how to live and he's really given us the, what I would say is, is, is the form, the form of, of how we're called to live as the church, as followers of Jesus. It's the form. But we can't neglect the form or we can't have the form and neglect the fire. We need both. That's why I believe word and spirit is. It's the form and it's the fire. Okay, so Jesus gave us the form pretty clearly and this is really at the top of the list of who he's called us as followers to be. And this is it. We call it the Great Commission. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you yes. always, even to the end of the age. Love the way the New Living says that. So this really is the form. Like you and I as a church, this is what we're called to do. We're not called to have meetings. We're not called to have ministries. We're called to make disciples. We can, as long as we do that with those things, that's fine. But we're called to make disciples. This is the form. But we don't want to just live out the form and neglect the fire that God has given us. This is why Jesus said, beginning of Acts, uh, he said, hey guys, wait. Before y'all go out and start do making disciples and the church begins to grow, wait. Go back to Jerusalem and wait, 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 wait. Because that gift that I want to give you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fire, I want you to receive that and then go. And so then in, in Acts 1.8, he says, um, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. So that power of the Holy Spirit coming is to empower us to be witnesses, to go and make disciples. And so Jesus is being very clear. Don't just go live out the form, receive the fire, and then go in the fire, live out the form. We need the form and the fire, right? We need word and we need spirit. Both are so important. So the form is really go make disciples. And so this is why we love this phrase. This phrase for us has become a theme for us this year. We want to be a Jesus-centered, spirit-led, loving community of missionaries. 
That's what I pray that you and I would be. Jesus-centered in all of our life, that Jesus would be the center. Remember, put Jesus first and seek him with all of your heart. And some of us this week, we're gonna rearrange our life and our schedule and just to put Jesus first and seek him with all of our heart. We want Jesus to be at the center of everything that we are and that we do. Spirit-led, loving. We wanna be loving as we live our life, right? Don't be a jerk. In the name of truth or whatever the word says, don't loving community like this, love one another and love the world, love people. A loving community of missionaries. And I love that term missionary because we don't want to be just believers in Jesus, not just followers of Jesus, but missionaries who are called and sent by Jesus everywhere we go. Come on. So here's our commitment to you guys. I commit, we commit as leaders here to make Rivers Church a place of encounter and a place of equipping. Because we need both. Okay, word and spirit. Form and fire. Equipping and encounter. We definitely, desperately need both. It is the scriptural mandate on me to equip you. And so we want gatherings like this where we can encounter God. We need this to be a place of encounter, but we also need this to be a place of equipping. And so this is why we're leaning in more and more on doing this disciple maker thing because what we've learned is this is good and this is just the beginning, but we need another space where we can just sit down and hang out and talk and you can be equipped to live this thing out. And you can be trained on how to do this, how to follow Jesus. It's a different space where we can talk about it, we can ask questions, we can hold each other accountable, we can ask how to go last week, and we learn and we grow and we share, we encourage one another. It's a place of equipping. We need the encounter, but let's not just stop with the encounter, we need the equipping as well. And I wanna equip you. This is why we're opening up another training center. It's not because I'm bored and I could not figure out what to do with Wednesday night. I'm like, I have no idea what to do on Wednesday nights with my life. Well, I guess this could be a good idea. What happened is I feel so convicted that this is the, the calling of the rest of my life is just to equip believers to follow Jesus that I cleared my schedule so I could equip more. And Amy cleared her schedule so she could do an online group on Thursdays, which might work better for some of you because we just want to equip you. So we're really making this place, this church, a place of encounter and equipping. That's what we're leaning into, guys because we need both. So, Disciple Maker begins this week. Mark on your Connect card if you are interested. We'll email you the details, but it's Wednesday night, Thursday morning on Zoom, one or the other. But put that on your Connect card and turn that in. And I believe that this is how God's going to move in a new and mighty way. It's just like the Jesus movement, guys. It wasn't just about church services. It was about a bunch of Jesus freaks that shared Jesus everywhere they went. <laughs> and that's what it was. And so we need both. We need both. And so I want to equip you to live this thing out. So, uh, in fact, I wrote this down. I think this is uh, on the screen for you. Equipping, encounter plus equipping equals a Jesus movement, which is what we want to see. And so... Here's my prayer, guys. 
let's not get caught up in all these people like, I just want revival. I want revival. Okay, I want to be a part of a movement because there's a longing inside of all of us to be a part of something bigger than us and bigger than other people. Like there's something within us that kind of longs for that, which can be good and bad. Let's not be obsessed with the movement. Let's not be obsessed with the revival. Let's be obsessed with the mover of the movement. Let's be captivated with Jesus, the reviver of revival. I don't want us to get caught up in, in just what we do and what we want to see. I want us to be obsessed with Jesus, just so in love with him that we really do put him first and we seek him with all of our heart. This is all about Jesus, guys. This is not about revival and all that. It's all about Jesus and him using you and me, ordinary people. That's what this is about. But God shows up where he's wanted. And so we don't want a movement. We don't want a revival. We want Jesus. And we want him to do his thing. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.